calling all Enneagram type nines. They call us the peacemakers, the mediators, the harmonizers, and even the comfort-seeking, self-forgetting, conflict-avoiding, anger-repressing, people-pleasing, procrastinating, indecisive, stubborn, passive-aggressive, yet undeniably likable, sweethearts of the Enneagram who just want everyone to get along. Sound like you? Welcome to the Enneagram 9 Show, a place for type 9s who are ready to take up space in this world, to know that they matter, and to fully engage in life as the brave captain of their own ship. And bonus points if we can do this without sacrificing our naps, pajama pants, comforting routines, and alone time. If all this sounds good to you, you're in the right place, and you're not alone. I'm Kimberly Eclipse, trained counselor, professional astrologer, and everyday mentor for Type 9s. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's do this. Hey, what's up, Type 9s? Welcome to another episode of the Enneagram 9 Show. I've been waiting a long time to talk about today's topic, but before I do, I wanted to send a huge thank you to two people who took the time to write such kind reviews for the podcast. Guys, I read every single word of what you wrote and was really, really touched to know that this little labor of love of mine is making a difference out there for nines. So shout out to Joe Z's and Judith Type 9. You guys are the best. And thank you to all other anonymous five-star reviewers out there. You know who you are. It helps so much because it helps with the mysterious algorithm um, that puts this podcast in front of new people. So thanks again from the bottom of my heart. Um, and if you're someone who finds value in this show, I invite you to do the same and show some love with a review or a rating. Um, one other thing before we get started is this is just another reminder that tickets are still available for Nines Rising, my virtual retreat for Nines. Um, so show yourself some love and kindness on November 5th before the crazy holiday season happens and join us at the retreat from wherever you are in the world. Um, head over to Enneagram9.com to grab your spot. All right. Now, on with today's topic, navigating adult friendships as a nine. Now, this topic happens to be a personal sore spot for me, um, I would say for the last decade, which is a really long time. It has dawned on me that here at age 42, there is a hole in my life in the area of friendships. Now, I've actually always had a good number of friends. Um, I've never had a hard time making new friends, and I've never had difficulty creating deep bonds with people or feeling like my friends genuinely see me and, and like the real me. And yet, I don't have a best friend. I don't have a best friend, and it really irks me. You know, like... The kind of best friend that I see on TV sitcoms and stuff um, where they're like so close that you can't think of one without thinking of the other, kind of like Oprah and Gail vibes, you know? And I, I think the closest I've ever had to someone like this is my sister, but I'm not going to count her just because she's blood, she's family. 
So yeah, it really just is some, has been something that bothers me. And I also don't have a little squad of best friends either. You know, like, you know, that group of childhood friends who grow up together. They're just this ride or die small group that always hangs out together. I don't have that either. And I feel like I've had glimpses of that in my life, but I don't have that now. And it it feels like an empty spot in my life. And so all of this makes me sad because as a nine, I really do crave connection um, and I value relationships so much as you probably do too. And I look around me and I see other people with their besties or with that group of childhood friends that they've known for decades. And I really want that. So there's definitely this feeling of like I'm missing something, right? So it made me look back and ask myself, how did this happen? What am I doing? And what am I thinking that has created this reality for me? Um, and what am I doing to kind of perpetuate the situation for so many years now? So I started connecting all the dots and I realized that the reasons I haven't been successful at maintaining the many, many awesome friendships that I've started has to do with my type nine blind spots and my type nine preferences. So I got curious around this topic just in general. How do other nines struggle when navigating friendships? Um, and when I threw this question out to a bunch of nines, I definitely saw some patterns. So what I want to share with you today are the top five struggles that type nines face when navigating friendships as adults. The number one most common issue that people shared about was making new friends or maintaining friendships over time, distance, or life changes because it requires so much energy and energy that these particular nines don't feel that they have. So it's like, you know, in an effort to not exhaust ourselves or complicate our lives, we don't want to do what it typically takes to maintain friendships or create those new bonds. One nine, she said, I tend to keep everything very surface level as developing a deeper relationship often comes with obligations, which I find very intrusive on my time and energy. I want deeper friendships while si simultaneously being unwilling to put the work in to get there. Now, when I was thinking about her statement, we can look at um, these obligations, these friendship obligations, and find that they fall into two categories. So there are the physical and logistical obligations that wear us out. So for example, one person wrote, for me, it's hard to find people who also initiate hangouts. Um, so when it's always me initiating, it can become exhausting. And I also think if they really wanted to hang out with me, they would ask sometimes too. Another thing is that my friends keep moving away and then I have to start all over and build new friendships, which can also become exhausting. Another person wrote, 
having enough social energy to give time to each of my friends is a challenge. I have about two outings in me a month. So yeah, so there's just like that physical part of going out, actually making plans, and then also just some of the things that the niceties that come with being friends with people like planning parties or buying gifts. But another kind of exhaustion that can come with friendships is emotional exhaustion. So one nine um, had shared, I don't instigate events, excursions, or plans enough and just follow along other people's ideas. I think I have a fear of A, people not showing up to my plan, to my plans, B, people not enjoying my suggestions, um, and C, feeling responsible for people's happiness or enjoyment if I've made a suggestion. The other thing is, I think just the idea of uh, keeping in touch with people, it just sounds like more work than we are sometimes willing to do, um, even if it makes us sad that we are losing touch with people. So for example, let's see, we had one person say, I'm 34. I feel bad because when I change work or my environment, I tend to abandon the friendship since now my mind is full on the next thing and don't make and I don't make the effort to maintain the friendship no matter how close we were. Another person said, it's easy to make friends but hard to maintain friendships. I get so focused on issues in my own life that I forget to check in with others around me. So that brings in actually this other idea too, which is I mean, I don't know if this is a nine thing, but for me, I'm not a great multitasker. So whatever is in front of me or whoever is in front of me has my full attention. That is where all of my energy and effort goes. So sometimes I am a little bit blind to everything else that's that's happening around me. Um, one nine shared, it makes me sad, but I've been very close to so many people in different places throughout my life. I've truly loved these people, but didn't know how to maintain the friendship once circumstances changed, such as a move, a new job, or a new relationship. Man, I can really relate to that one. I find it interesting also that the person says, I don't know how to maintain the friendship. And I wonder if that, like, you know, if I were to be able to dig deeper with this person, if that meant more of, not that I don't know how to, because I think most people know to, you know, to maintain a friendship, there would have to be phone calls, meeting up, um, sending a gift now and then to let them know you're thinking of them. Um, but it's more of like, how do I balance my type nine needs and um, preferences with what I know friendship requires. Okay, so number two, the second common challenge that nines reported having when it comes to friendships um, is related to our very particular quirks and preferences when it comes to socialization and bonding. And I think a lot of this has to do with a tendency for nines to have low energy levels and an unwillingness to do things that will exhaust us, understandably. So here's what a few nines had to say. One person wrote, 
I love the candidness of this. This person wrote, oh man, I have quirks. I want a friend who will do spur of the moment things with me, but also leave me alone for the most part. Don't crowd me. Don't make me a lot of plans or I'll fade away into the mystic. (laughs) If we have a spat, know that I won't address it. I'll just let it go and never speak of it again. Don't confront me. Um, Another nine said, I'd rather do things spur of the moment if I'm feeling it with maybe a few hours notice. Some of my friends like to book me for casual plans like lunch or coffee several days in advance, and I can't help it, but the pressure to commit makes me cringe. I'm fairly extroverted and enjoy their company, but honestly, nothing excites me more than a weekend with a totally empty calendar. It's a constant struggle. Um, Here's what another nine said. This person says, for me, it's sustaining an emotional interest in other people's dramas, in quotes, that they use to forge connection. So when I start to feel that my relationship has simply become a convenient way for other the other person to have a sounding board, I pull back. I find no pleasure in being uh, in a relationship simply to be someone else's free therapy session. That just makes me feel used. And I imagine that it is a common thing for nines to be like the perfect sounding board, the perfect free therapist, because we're so empathetic and we're good listeners and, you know, non-judgmental patient. So I bet a few of you can relate to that one. Uh, Let's see, another person shared, it feels bad when people always want to talk about their own stuff, but don't even ask or show a desire to talk about you. Um, You know, I put this one under the quirks and preferences category, but really it's not unreasonable. (laughs) to want a friend who has a genuine interest in knowing how you are doing. But I think it's such a sensitive topic or sore spot for a lot of nines because we're not the ones who are who are saying, hey, look at me, look at me, or at least not overtly. So we sometimes do require or appreciate the person who will come around back to us and really take the time to listen and show that they care by continuing to want to get to know us on a deeper level. So, oh, before reading this next quote, I want to also say there isn't necessarily anything wrong with having these strong preferences um, around how we socialize or bond, it's actually a very good thing when nines have a strong sense of what we want and need. Um, Like this next nine who said, I have a hard time finding friends who will engage with me how I need them to. I cannot spend face-to-face time with them regularly, so I need someone who will text with me and engage with me on social media. At work, most people are old enough to be my mom or a lot younger than me without children. At church, the women I seem to connect with don't spend time on social media and would rather have play dates with the kids. But I don't want to build 
friendship around my kid. I need friendships outside my role as mom. Um, Here's what another nine shared. I feel I need the time alone to do whatever unconventional thing I'm wanting to do. Because when I'm alone, I'm not being judged and I'm not a burden. That time alone is peaceful and sacred to me. Um, here's another example of a preference that many nines may have, uh, but isn't necessarily a problem. One person wrote, I'm really close with my mom and sister. I guess I'm really content with my family being my close friends. Um, here's a whole other kind of preference. One nine said, I don't know how or why, or if it's a nine thing, but I can relate better to those younger or older or those I know less well than my own peers much of the time. There was definitely a time in my life personally where I could relate to that feeling that for some reason I could feel more relaxed with older people and with younger people because there was no pressure to kind of fit in or meet some kind of standard that was set for my own peer group. Um, Okay, so this next one has a bit of a twist to it. So one nine wrote, I tend to choose friends who have low commitment so that they have low expectations of me also. So here's a person who, you know, this person is not happy with the fact that his or her friends don't demonstrate a lot of commitment within the relationship. And it seems to be in exchange for this nine being able to to have no pressure placed upon him or her. Um, But there comes a time when we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? And, and you know, am I satisfied with this? Um, And that's the whole reason why I wanted to do this episode. It's to take a moment to really ask ask yourself, am I content or satisfied with what I've created for myself? Or am I so dissatisfied that it might be worth it to take action? It's really up to you. Um, And that's the whole point, again, of this episode, to get you to ask yourself this question. All right. Let's go with number three, the third biggest reason or third biggest challenge that nines have when navigating adult friendships has to do with insecurities around our personalities or social skills. One nine wrote, honestly, I'm not so great at putting myself out there and I'm not loud and can kind of be a background friend. That's in quotes, background friend. I kind of feel like maybe I'm just overlooked at times. Another nine writes, I seek connection, but it takes me a while to feel comfortable enough to let my guard down and open up. Like I have to figure them out first before I can let them know me. All right, number four, the fourth biggest challenge is boundary issues. One nine wrote, I do whatever they want to do, and then years go by, and it's a friendship based solely off of their interests. Um, Another person said that they tend to ghost people to avoid conflict. In other words, like just, just disappear on them. One person writes, I heard this said recently, by choosing harmony over truth, you often end up with neither. 
When friendships require me to take a stand, have a strong opinion, or make a boundary, boundary, then I'm usually out the door. I'm working on this because I've always assumed that once there's been a conflict, the relationship is over. However, I don't think most people feel that way and that it is a nine tendency that would be good to overcome. And one more here. Let's see. This nine says, rather than speak openly, there can be a tendency for me to avoid the kind of conflict that is necessary to maintain healthy relationships. We can all too easily write contracts of expectation uh, with people in our minds without them even knowing. I suppose all Enneagram types do that to some degree, um, but as a nine, I have terminated a few relationships over the years because I just can't accept how some people act when a type nine gives them free roam to act as they please. All right. And finally, number five, the fifth most common challenge we nines face We feel inherently inadequate or unlovable in some way. It was really heartbreaking to read some of the comments that supported this particular one. Um, Like a few people said that they just don't believe they have anything to add to friendships, nothing to offer, and questioned why anyone would want to hang out with them. One person wrote, I assume I'm not really wanted and people are just humoring me. Another nine says, I also just always assume people don't like me, so I keep my distance or do this fun thing where I'm constantly overanalyzing things. Uh, So there might be nothing wrong with the friendship, but I self-sabotage. Another nine says, I get too timid to speak up about what I'd like to do. I have these fears that I'll be perceived negatively, or worse, that I'll be a burden to to new friends. Uh, Maybe the restaurant I'm craving is too expensive, or maybe it's too cheap. Or maybe whatever I want to do is unconventional and too odd to ask others to join in. So I try to predict how others may be affected by my desires, and too often I convince myself that I'll just be a burden. But yeah, that's that's it for now, guys. That was one through five. Now, to be clear, this was was not meant to depress you or make you feel like because you're a type nine, you're doomed when it comes to your social life. Because actually, there are a lot of nines who are very deeply satisfied with their social with their social life. You know, uh, there were times in my life, for example, when I felt like my cup was full. And I was having so much fun with friends, but I'm 42 now, like I said at the top of this episode, and I still don't have that best friend or that friend squad that I long for. So what is going on? What am I doing? And can the Enneagram open my eyes and possibly facilitate change? This episode was meant to hopefully help you realize that you are not alone in some of the things that you're experiencing and feeling. It's also meant to show you that maybe some of the experiences and feelings that we've been having and struggling with have to do with our blind spots as nines and just the way we roll as nines. And if that's the case, 
then maybe we can turn to the Enneagram for help with making a change to our situation, making a change to how we perceive things. So in part two of this episode, which will air next week, we'll talk about how to use the Enneagram as a tool for finding more satisfaction in our friendships and social lives. So make sure you follow or subscribe to tune into that. All right, guys, remember your needs, desires, big dreams, and little preferences matter because they matter to you and you matter. Peace out, peacemakers. Hey, Type 9, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found it helpful, would you be the best and leave a rating and a review? Now, you understand it's hard enough to know that as a 9, I matter. But my bigger question is, does this podcast matter to anybody out there? Anybody? Anybody? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Lastly, if you're looking for Type 9 resources, events, or services, check out Enneagram9.com. There you'll also find a link to my services as a trained counselor and professional astrologer who helps Type 9s looking for clarity and direction in any area of life. So whether you're at a crossroads in your relationships, career, or business, or you want some insight into improving your sense of mental, physical, or spiritual well-being, let's uncover your personal destiny and choose your next right steps together. See you there.